0: Heavenly Father, open our ears and our minds and our hearts for the words that you've prepared for us this evening. So our reading today, our gospel reading was from Luke. I'm actually going to read a little bit from the gospel of Matthew so that we kind of have a comparison of the two. So I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So, this account in Matthew um, is interesting. I, I spared you the first 17 verses because it is a list of, of genealogy going all the way up to Jesus. And it can be a little tedious as we read through that. Um, But one of the things that that struck me as I was reading it is there were a lot of people in there that were kind of outsiders, or outcasts rather. And there's a difference between an outsider and an outcast. Certainly, we all went through middle school. Everybody feels like an outcast in middle school. It's a rough, rough time, rough time in our lives. Maybe that lingered on into high school, feeling like an outsider. Maybe, unfortunately, um, we might feel like an outsider in our families. Um, Maybe some friends have made us feel that way. You know, there's only been one instance, I think, in my life that I've truly felt like an outcast. Um, I was on a mission trip to Haiti and had a translator with me. And we were speaking to some people in the town, and none of the men of the town would interact with me they would not look at me they would turn their back on me and they would only speak to my interpreter and basically what they were saying to him was you need to take this man away from us we want nothing to do with him with that in mind i'd like us to look at the gospel of matthew and to give you a little background on matthew matthew was a tax collector now, we can all make jokes about the IRS and tax collectors here, but it's a little bit different in, in Jesus' time. In Jesus' time, the tax collector, especially Matthew, he was a Jewish man um, hired by the Romans. And so he had, no one knew where his loyalty lied. He worked for the Romans, so the Jewish people hated him because they felt like they were, he was stealing from them. The Roman government didn't like him because he was a Jew and they were using him to tax and collect money from the Jewish people. So he truly was an outcast. He belonged nowhere. So I find it interesting in his genealogy, and you can kind of follow along in your outline. In his genealogy that he lists prior to what we read in Matthew chapter 118, he lists people who are outcasts, but not just people, specifically women. And in those days, a genealogy was father to son, to father to son, to father to son. And in verse three, right away, it says, And Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar. Tamar was Zara's mom. Judah was his father. Now, Judah is big in this story of Christmas because we know that from the tribe of Judah is where Jesus came. So this is the patriarch, the patriarch of the tribe, and they list Tamar. But why Tamar? Why? Well, if we think of Matthew as an outcast, he might have that perspective and want us to identify with that a little bit. Tamar was married to one of Judah's sons, and he passed away. In those days, a widow had no support. She was an outcast. So Judah told her, when my youngest son is of age, I will come. I will find you. You can marry him, and we will basically, you will be a part of the family and take care of you. Well, that didn't happen. Um, What happened was a tawdry story of deception and deceit, and lust. And of that, that starts the lineage of Jesus. We go down further. It talks about Rahab, Solomon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. Story of Rahab. Again, we could say that she was employed by the oldest profession, um, very much an outcast, yet when the spies came in to the city, she helped them and as as she helped them, her only request was that when those spies came back in with the army of the Israelites, that they would save her and her family. Those Israelites were true to their word, brought her back in, and she belonged then was brought into was brought into the Israelite family. And when someone was brought into the Jewish community at that point, they were fully Jewish. They may have been on the outside, but when they were brought in, they were fully Jewish. That was Rahab, an outsider, not necessarily just that, but an outcast, even by her profession. Right after that, we hear about Ruth. Ruth married um, a, a Jewish man. She was taken from the Moabites, again, outside of the Jewish nation, brought in. She was widowed. Her mother-in-law was widowed. So he had two widows together, no sons, no fathers, no men to take care of them. They went back to Bethlehem, and there she met Boaz. And again, Boaz taking the outcast and bringing her in. And I find this interesting that this is how Matthew starts the story of the nativity. Because if we look at our culture and we look at all of the images and the songs, even away in the manger, no crying he makes. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, Everything seemed perfect, glowing, beautiful, The halos around everyone's head, the light just shining into the manger. That's not the story. The story is Mary was pregnant and she wasn't married yet. She was betrothed, which was just as close, but they weren't to have relations until they were married. It was just as bad as stepping out on Joseph. And she went, I'm sure, told her parents, told her friends. And they were like, yeah, Mary, an angel came to you. Yeah. What did she have to go through? She was an outcast. There were many scenarios that could have happened. It could have been a Roman soldier taking advantage of her. It could have been um, her stepping out on Joseph. But she knew. She knew that she was chosen to carry the son of God. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph, Mary comes to him. I'm pregnant. He's like, wow, that's not mine. (laughs) And so what does he do? He's going to divorce her quietly. Seems like a very good man did not want her to suffer the persecution because she could have been punished by death. But an angel comes to him and tells him, No, Joseph, and that's in our Matthew reading, what Mary is telling you is true. She is carrying the child of the Most High, and you will name him Jesus. Now, how would Joseph's friends react to that? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I wonder. I wonder if they stood by him. I wonder if they believed him. Again, was he crazy? What was he doing? He had every right to move away and leave Mary in the dust, basically. But he didn't. He became an outcast. And it shows... So here we have Mary and Joseph, two outcasts, coming together. Jesus being perceived as this illegitimate son of Mary, and they go to Bethlehem. Why? The Luke, the Luke uh, gospel tells us there was a census. They needed to go to be counted because that was Joseph's town. That's where his family was. Now, I don't know how much you know about Eastern culture. Um, I didn't know a lot until I had a friend uh, that I met and he is from Saudi Arabia, and Eastern culture is very well known for their hospitality. Um, In fact, I've been planning on going to visit him, and when I talk about it, he's like, oh no, you're not getting a hotel, you're staying with us, and you're gonna do this, and we're gonna feed you, and we're gonna, very hospitable. And that was the culture back then. Also, it's not uncommon to have multiple families living or staying in one room or one building on multiple levels. So if we think about Joseph going to Bethlehem, his home city, if you will, to be counted because that's where he's from. And they go around and they're looking for a place to stay. And we hear there's no room for them in the inn. This is interesting. We have this image in our head of they pull up to the Holiday Inn. They're like, yeah, no, sorry, we're full. We're busy. It's census time. You know, you should have made reservations. So what's interesting is the word used for in the Greek word used for in is also is the same Greek word that's translated as guest room. Later on in another gospel, when Jesus tells his disciples to go and prepare the guest room for the Passover meal. So if we think of it as a guest room, they're going to their family. They're going to family members. I'm sure word had spread. I mean, Mary's about to give birth. So they're not just being turned away by an innkeeper who by the way, is not mentioned in scripture. They're being turned away by their family. They're being turned away by people that typically in the culture would take them in and squeeze in to make room because they're family. And they're relegated to a stable, a cave, regardless where the animals stay. Where the animals stay. Now, I grew up close to a farm. Not my favorite place. Um, It really stinks. I can imagine this stable would not have had a pleasant scent. It would not have had that glowing glow from heaven. It would not have had everybody wearing halos. There they were in the dark separated, rejected, outcast by their family. Who knows what they were saying up above in the other quarters when they were re- when Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were relegated to that to that place where the animals were. And that's where Jesus was born. Now, socially and politically, what's going on in Bethlehem, you have Herod the Great. And later on, we hear that he's so threatened by Jesus that he takes drastic measures and is very brutal, brutal man. Herod was very rich, had lots of money. He wanted castles everywhere, and a lot of them were named after him. Okay, So in Bethlehem, he wanted a castle. He wanted it on a mountain. There wasn't a mountain, so he built one. He built it on top of the mountain called the Herodium. Now, what happens when you have a castle on top of a mountain and you've got animals and you've got waste and you've got garbage and you've got all these things, it runs down the hill, down the mountain into the city. And this is the place where Jesus was born. This is the place where the Son of God became incarnate, was made man in this place. Not the story that we're used to hearing, but a story of outcasts. Outcasts from the beginning, starting with the genealogy. An outcast family, rejected by their own family and told to stay somewhere where the animals stay. In the shadow of a powerful king is born the king of kings. Not in power, not in might, but as a baby. Who were the first people to hear of this? I find this interesting too. They were out in their fields. They were shepherds. Again, outcasts. Outcasts from society, shunned, looked upon. They usually stunk. They were working with animals. Yet there the angels proclaim. They were the first to go to that manger and worship our Jesus. And then the next that we hear about, the Magi. The Magi from the East. Well, the East were pagans outside of the people of Israel outside the covenant that God had made with Abraham outside of all of that outcast because the Israelites were to have nothing to do with them so that they not they would not be pulled away from the Lord their God yet here they come bringing their gifts Of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Bringing those gifts to a king. What about Jesus' disciples? Specifically, look at Matthew. He was an outcast. Jesus chose him, brought him in so that he would belong. Peter, James, John, all of them. Fishermen, nothing special, no education, not following any other rabbi, just working the nets. I mean, this is all great information, right? But what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you and I this Christmas as we get ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus? You know, we can look at all of our situations. Maybe we can relate to feeling outcast by society. Maybe we can relate to feeling outcast by our family. Maybe we can relate to being outcasts with friends. Or maybe we just feel alone. Jesus came as an example for those and the physical example are those, but there's so much more brothers and sisters because of our sin. We were separated. We were outcast from God himself. We've been outcast since the garden when Adam and Eve were banished outside of the garden away from the presence of God, And now, on this day, we celebrate the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. No longer are we outside of the presence of God like Adam and Eve were in that garden. No longer do we have to go through the temple or the priests to be in God's presence. He came down for us. He came down, became incarnate for us, born as a baby with the job to save us from our sins. His name, Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Born with one job to go to the cross so that we could belong So that we would be no longer outcasts, but that we would belong to the family of God. And brothers and sisters in Christ, when we are baptized and believe in Jesus, we are no longer those outcasts. We are no longer alone, but is the birth and death and resurrection of Jesus that gives us belonging in God's family. And that's what we celebrate tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.